Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the USMLE Guys podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. Today, we're doing another high yield USMLE drill session. And if you are enjoying these drill sessions, don't forget to check out our brand new USMLE Step 1 and Step 2 CK drills books. You can find those at usmledrills.com. Let's not waste any more time and let's dive into today's drill session. All right, guys, welcome to today's live USMLE drill session. We have 50 questions, so let's dive in and get started. Question number one, which test is best to make a diagnosis of dilated cardiomyopathy? Answer, echo. As always, guys, do me a huge favor. If you are watching us live, put the answers in the chat function below. I would love to see some participation. As we do these, the more participation, the more likely I will be to keep doing these, all right? So it's a great way for you to challenge yourself, put yourself out there. All right, question two. What are some of the common chest x-ray findings consistent with dilated cardiomyopathy? All right, answers. An enlarged left ventricle and left atrium, pulmonary edema, and possible pleural effusions. Question three, what is the time frame from ischemic cardiac insult to troponin elevation? Answers, three to 12 hours. Next question, an inferior wall STEMI, STEMI, typically involves which coronary vessels? Answers down below, RCA and PDA. Question five, an inferior wall STEMI typically involves ST elevations in which leads? Answers, leads two, three, and AVF. Question six, an anterior wall STEMI typically involves which coronary vessels? Answers, LAD and diagonal branches. Question seven, an anterior wall STEMI involves ST elevations in which leads? Answers, V1 to V4. Question eight, a lateral wall STEMI typically involves which coronary vessel? Answer is LCA. Question nine, a lateral wall STEMI involves ST elevations in which leads? Answers below. Leads one, AVL, and V5 to V6. Question 10, a posterior wall STEMI obtained on 15 lead ECG will show ST elevations in which leads? Answers below, please. The answers, the answer is V7 to V9. Question 11. Which MI medications should be avoided in an inferior wall MI? Give you a hint, there's two. Answers below. Nitrates and diuretics. Question 12. 
Is PCI or thrombolysis the preferred treatment for STEMI? What do you guys think? The answer is PCI. Question 13. Which medications are given for long-term STEMI management? Got a laundry list of them here, about five. So name as many as you can. All right, some of the options, or the options, are beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, aspirin, nitrates, and high-dose statins. Question 14. How long after an MI is pericarditis likely to develop? What do you guys think? The answer is two to four days. Next question. What findings are consistent with Dressler syndrome? What do you guys think? Well, there's pericarditis, pleural effusion, fever, elevated white blood cell counts, and elevated ESR. And remember, you're gonna see these findings typically several weeks after an MI. Question 16. Typical angina meets which three characteristics for chest pain? So basically, what do you expect in a case of typical angina? Answers? Well, there's three things. It's substernal, it's relieved with rest or nitrates, and it's linked to exertion. Question 17. Are troponin levels elevated in angina pectoris? Answers? No. Question 18. What is the best initial test in the workup for angina? Classic step 2CK question. What is your next best step or what is the best initial step? The answer here is ECG. Question 19. Which diagnostic test is used to identify suspected carotid artery stenosis? The answer is carotid ultrasound. Question 20. Which physical exam finding is consistent with carotid artery stenosis? The answer is carotid artery brewery. Next question. Given enough time, will elevated troponins be seen in an N-STEMI? Answers? Yes. Question 22. What ECG changes can be seen in unstable angina? Answer, ST depressions and T-wave inversions. Next question, 23. What ECG changes are seen in STEMI? Answer, ST elevations. Question 24, what is the best initial treatment for an MI? And we have a few things that we're going to have to incorporate here, so keep that in mind. The answer is morphine, O2, aspirin, and don't forget, we will add a second antiplatelet if we're dealing with an NSTEMI, nitrates, and a beta blocker. Question 25, we're almost halfway there. Does squatting increase or decrease the murmur 
in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So will it be louder or softer? Answers? It will decrease the murmur, so it'll be softer. Question 26. Does standing increase or decrease the murmur of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? Answers? It increases it. It would be louder. Question 27. Does the Valsalva increase or decrease the murmur of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? Answers? It will increase it, so it will be louder. Question 28. What is the best diagnostic study used to determine if a patient has CHF? Answers. Echo. Question 29. What are three common causes of left-sided heart failure? Answers. CAD, MI, and chronic hypertension. Now just a bonus question, what's the most common cause of right-sided heart failure? Obviously, that is left-sided heart failure. Question 30. Ejection fraction, EF, below which level, which percentage, may warrant an implantable cardiac defibrillator and biventricular pacemaker? So ejection fraction below which percentage? The answer is an ejection fraction below 35%. Question 31. How is acute pulmonary edema due to CHF exacerbation treated? It will be treated with furosemide, morphine, nitrates, O2, and upright positioning. Remember, gravity helped bring that fluid down. Question 32. What are two main side effects associated with gemfibrozil use, or gemfibrozil, however you like to pronounce it? What are two main side effects? Answers, pancreatitis and cholelithiasis. Question 33. What are the main potential side effects of azetamibe use? Answers. We have angioedema, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. Question 34. Which lipid profile value is most altered by the use of cholestyramine? Answers, LDL. Question 35. Which lipid profile values are altered by gemfibrozil? And let's make it a little tougher. Will those values go up or down? So we have two, we have HDL and we have triglycerides. It will increase HDL, it will decrease triglycerides. Question number 36. For patients with CKD and hypertension, which antihypertensives are best? Answers. The answer is ACE inhibitors or ARBs. Question 37. Which medications are preferred for African-Americans with hypertension? What do you guys think? The answer is thiazides or calcium channel blockers. Question 38. 
What are two common side effects associated with the use of clonidine? We have rebound hypertension and impotence. Question 39. What side effects can be seen with ARBs like Losartan? Answers? A couple things we might see are rash and leukopenia. Question 40. What side effects can be seen with ACE inhibitors such as lisinopril? I see this one all the time on practice questions. The answer is cough and angioedema. Question 41. What's the best treatment for a patient with pericarditis secondary to hyperuricemia? Answers? Dialysis. Question 42. What is the first line and the long-term treatment for idiopathic viral pericarditis? So treatment for first line and treatment for persistent symptoms. What do you guys think? First line, aspirin. For persistent symptoms, colchicine. Question number 43, which medication is used for idiopathic pericarditis when the patient is allergic to NSAIDs? The answer is glucocorticoids, the lowest effective dose. Question 44, name the risk factors associated with a triple A. We have smoking, a male sex, old age, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia. Question 45, almost there. Which chest x-ray findings are consistent with an aortic dissection? You wanna look for mediastinal and or aortic widening. Question 46. What's the most likely cause of acute paraplegia in a patient with aortic dissection? Answers? Spinal cord ischemia. Question 47. Which imaging test should be done in a hemodynamically unstable patient with suspected aortic dissection? Hemodynamically unstable. Very important. Watch out for stability or instability. So in this case, the answer is a transesophageal echo, TEE. Question 48. Similarly, which imaging test should be done in a hemodynamically stable patient with a suspected aortic dissection? In this instance, the answer is CT angiography. Question 49. What is the definitive treatment for a type A aortic dissection? The answer is surgical repair. And your last question, which nerve is likely compressed in a patient with aortic dissection who presents with Horner syndrome? And I have a bonus for you after this. So what do you guys think the answer is? The answer is superior cervical sympathetic ganglion. So the question, remember, which nerve was compressed? Superior cervical sympathetic ganglion. 
And of course, my bonus question, I'm sure you probably had a hint, is what are the main findings of Horner syndrome? We actually have a handy mnemonic. The answer is ptosis, anhydrosis, and meiosis. All right, guys, that is the end of today's drill session. I hope you found that to be useful. If you enjoy these questions, you want questions like this, make sure you check out our USMLE drills books, the Step 1 drills book and the Step 2 CK drills book. All of today's questions came out of our Step 2 CK's Step 2 CK drills book, which there's links below if you want to check that out. Thank you guys for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that to be useful. If you did and you want access to our brand new USMLE Step 1 or Step 2 CK drills books, be sure to visit usmledrills.com. Or if you want to work with us, make sure you visit usmleguys.com. Thanks for sticking around until the end. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,